I'm still on the green opposite Horse Primary School in Upper Wensleydale. The children over the road are still on their dinner break. Reggie, who's going to be back at school on Monday, is still eating his chips next to me, and the sun is shining on Stagsfell. Let's start this episode with the voice of Kit Calvert, one-time saviour of the Wensleydale Cheese Factory. He was interviewed by Horse School children in the early 1980s, when he was in his 80s and a touch hard of hearing. Which school did you go to? Which what? School did you go to? Yeah. Uh, I went to same school as you, horse school. What sort of clothes did you wear? Clothes? Yeah. Them that mother used to make up the out of best parts of, mm. of, of dad's and anybody's houses. Uh, old clothes. Did you wear clogs? And clogs, mm. yes, always clogs. Um, shorts as well. Hmm? Shorts. Shod? Shorts. Ah, shod with iron. Yeah. Iron. Clothes made by mum from those that no longer fitted dad and iron shod clogs. That's what the children once wore. It was clogs that came to mind for John Waggett from Gunnerside, a village a few miles away over in Swaledale, when he remembered lads gathering together from scattered farms to head to school in the 1950s. Oh, yeah, but there was that many of us. When we got to going from Saturn and Oxnip and on there, there was one time there were 17 of us going like, and that. And we all had clogs on it. Eh? And they said we were all used to gallop down going to see Brig and over Brig on the, the, They all thought there was some hosses coming, like, yeah, yeah. You know, if you were 16 or 17, all in clogs, like, it just sounded like hosses. Today, the typical sound of children arriving at school might be the slamming shut of a car door. But the school run is a relatively new phenomenon. My grandmother, Joan Fawcett, whose father, by the way, Jack Miller, was the last clogmaker in Hawes 50 years ago, came here to horse school in the 1940s. She said that almost every pupil walked, even five-year-old girls. We used to usually walk up with friends that were walking to school as well. Did you have your parents walking with you because you were in the home? No, no parents, not after the first day. Even though you had to cross a road? No, <laughs> definitely. Uh, we walked on our own. Granny had only a few hundred metres to walk to school. Her contemporary, Jenny Sunter, over at Frith Lodge Farm in Upper Swaledale, had two miles to walk to her school in Keld, which closed in 1973. She remembers a remarkable journey to school in the hard winter of 1947, when snow lay up to the first floor windows of houses. Her oral history interviewer was Emily Rowe Rawlins. And in 47, the storm in... There was a big storm in 47. I mean, all the roads were closed. I mean, I wasn't at school for quite a long time. And I wasn't the only one. Everybody had had to walk. And I mean, there wasn't uh, snowblowers and things to open the road. And the vast amount of snow is would be unbelievable <laughs> to you. <laughs> So, I mean, it was at the bedroom windows. And at the middle of the storm, it settled down, but there was all this snow. And I went to school for a week when it was really settled, and I just set off from the farm and walked to Keld. 
There was no walls, no gullies, no nothing, no rivers. Over the walls? Yeah, over the walls. There was no walls. Over some bushes and trees, I would have thought. No. <gasps> no. And there was no beck? No, the beck was all covered up. So you walked over a white yes, world with I did, yes. everything beneath yeah. it yeah. concealed from you. Yeah. And you still went to school? <laughs> yes, I did. I did miss a lot, but everybody missed a lot. But the teacher lived in Keld. There was a schoolhouse with a job, and so the school was never closed. All schools in the Upper Dales then were all-age schools, educating children right up to the age of 14. That changed in the late 1950s. It was in 1959, for instance, that Hawes here became a junior school. It meant school buses were needed to take children down Wensleydale and Swaledale to attend secondary schools at Leyburn and Richmond. Eric Alderson was one of the bus drivers in Wensleydale. He and his wife, Vera, said sometimes the snow would drift to the height of the bus, but they would still get the children through to school. We didn't miss a lot, not like now. I remember we couldn't do... We did that far side road down by Agegarth and maybe it was 63, I'm not just sure. We were picking children up down both sides of the dale. We, we couldn't use Woodall side and so we, we, we were running down that far side we started doing when, when the, the road got a bit... And there were snowdrifts height of the bus. We were going through, being dug out and the snowdrift height of the bus, and and we kept going, didn't we? Yes, yes. Yeah, we kept going. No, it was all right, and I can say that Touchwood, with all those buses on the road every day, and we never had a bus. Never really had a scrape, did you? I can remember when we sold the buses, your dad did say, well, we've never had an accident. You know, he was glad to see the back of them with a clear, clean book sort of thing. The bus driver became an important role associated with school life. In Swaledale in the 1980s and 90s, the driver was Norman Guy from Muka, who got to know the children well. Well, most of them were our relations, anyway. <laughs> the Guy family bus? Well, well, not just the Guy family, but my wife's family as well, her nieces and nephews and... Well, yeah, they were very good. They knew they had to behave themselves because they had the support of the parents. Did you enjoy being the bus driver? Oh, yeah. Well, I did it 23 years. So. Well, half of my working life, actually. I had half of my working life driving wagons and half of my working life driving buses. And which did you prefer? The buses, I think, because with the wagons you had to get animals onto them or carrying stuff onto them, whereas with a bus, they walk on by themselves. In winter, it seems every effort was made to get to school. But summer was a different story. The logbooks of Dale schools in the 20th century are full of frustrated notes recording truancy. Swaledale farmer Brian Sunter, who went to Low Row School in the 1950s, told Emily that attending school was not a priority. Did you learn more at home or at school? At home. Mm. When the demands of the farm were such, did your dad want you to stay home? 
and not go to school? You know, were there days where you stayed at home to work instead well, of yeah. going to school? Yeah. Were they common? Quite frequent in hair time, in harvest time. What would you be doing? <coughs> I'd be with the horse and the machine doing something. Dashing out the hay or making the rows or or sweeping the hay. I, I did a lot of taking the hay to the building with the horse and horse and sweep. At what point in the day or the week was the decision made? Uh, no school for you today because this needs to happen or that needs to happen. Would it be a last minute thing or would you know like the night before? No, last minute thing what the day was like and what the day was going to be. Even back then, however, the authorities promoted an attendance culture. They were determined to see children in school and they employed an officer, nicknamed in the Dales, the Kiddie Catcher. Here's another clip from retired farmer John Waggett. So we had a, what we called a Kitty Catcher. I don't know whether you've heard of them before. If you were off, they came round and, and gave you a roasting leg. You see, if there was anything really busy at home, you never thought about going to school. You just helped at home. And if there was anything special on, you, you, you didn't go to school, like, and that. And what did the kitty catchers have to say about that? Well, he was a stern little man, I know that, like, well-built, but not so big, like, and, oh, he didn't have to go at you, like, he did. <laughs> he used to come and check your, uh, your attendance, and then if it was bad, he, he went to see your parents and wanted to know why, like, and that. So he wouldn't, like, roam around looking for kids larking about? No. no. Well, see, most of the time they wouldn't be larking about. They would be working or, or something special on, you say, like, yeah. Most people, even John, express fondness for school. Eleanor Scar went to Bainbridge School, four miles down Dale from here, again in the 1950s. Then there were three times as many pupils on the roll compared with today. There'd be 70 or 80 children at Bainbridge School... We had good times. I don't remember very much about the f small class, but when we got up into the middle class and the top class, then we had Mrs Hardesty in the top class. And, and Mrs Hardesty was quite a notable teacher. She had good things and bad things. The, the bad things that if you did anything wrong, you got a wrap across your knuckles with a ruler or you got a clip under the ear or a bit of a scuff on the back of the head. I never got the cane or anything like that, but um, she was a frightening person in one respect. But on the other hand, um, Mrs Hardesty took us on a trip every year. The top two classes, the little, the little class didn't go... But we went to Halifax looking at carpet making. We went to the Cremona toffee factory. We went to Leeds to watch them uh, make the Yorkshire Post. We went down the Tyne on a boat. We did all these things. Uh, Askrig School were quite in awe of us and quite upset that they didn't get these trips. But Mrs Hardesty was in front of her time for doing things like that. Children at Askwick School, a mile away from Bainbridge, might have looked on enviously at Bainbridge's trips out, but they too could claim to be in front of the times as they grew their own food and all dinners were cooked on site. This is Alan Kirkbride of Askwick, 
who's a similar age to Eleanor Scar, speaking to oral history interviewer Heather Hodgson. One of the most interesting parts of it, we, we had a garden, uh, a vegetable garden, and all the vegetables and things that we grew all went into the kitchen. And it was a really good training for, for youngsters to, uh, you know, uh, to, to grow vegetables. Uh, we had, you know, potatoes, uh, lettuce, you know, we had everything in that garden. And so you were was... involved in planting the seeds, looking yeah, at the plants, yeah. and then you'd actually eat it in your lunches? Yes. Yeah, because that's yeah. quite a mod. I mean, it's it's old fashioned, but it's also a very modern outlook. It's it good is. for the environment, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it certainly is. Quite a fertile bit of land, you know. Oh, the, they got they got muck delivered, and they, they made compost. You know, which went into a big heap of compost uh, to go back into the soil. So, what about a word from a child currently at a Dale school? Well, our lad Reggie is next to me. You've finished your chips, I see. You've been locked down, enduring homeschooling for the past 10 weeks owing to the coronavirus epidemic. Now, if someone hadn't seen Hall's School before, you've been sat here a while watching the action, what would you say to them to describe it? It's a big school and there's rooks building nests. Stags fell on one side and weather fell on the other. A lot of cars coming past just where we are now and um, I've seen a few people about. How old are you and what year are you in? I'm 10 and I'm in year 6. And what would you say you're most looking forward to about getting back across the road uh, into that school play yard? I'll be able to see my friends and have general school life and also it'll be a bit of a change of scene. What would you say that you've learned here in your career at Horse School? I've learned a lot about history, um, maths and how to do times tables and all the rest. I've learned how to make a circuit, do a lot of things really. Uh, You said you were in year six, Uh, do you know where you're going to secondary school yet? St Francis Xavier in Richmond. And how far away is that? Quite far away. Just under an hour, probably. Just under an hour? That seems like a long way to get to school, a long way to go. How are you feeling about the prospect of having to travel a long way? Well, I thought we could try to make it productive and try to do productive things on the journey. Or we could just chat. (laughs) Thank you so much, Reggie. In the next episode, it'll be Voices from the Dales, Chapels. Thank you for listening.